again, and welcome back to the unofficial Lipscomb Alumni Podcast. We are right in the middle of a conversation with Mr. Dr. Zach Farr. We're going to jump right into part two, but before we do, November 12th, unofficial alumni homecoming after party. It is going to be awesome. We're having this reunion shindig at Party Foul in Donaldson. Austin Smith, Lipscomb alum, owns that joint, and it's going to be an awesome time. Open bar, tons of food, hot tunes, and good vibes. More info coming, like how to get the tickets, and stay tuned. Make sure you're following along over on Instagram. Bison's.podcast.unofficial is my handle. November 12th. Be there. Don't even think about missing it. All righty, jumping in here to part two. We left off talking about getting near the end of graduation and uh, being on that pre-med path. Zach was about to jump into the doctor journey. He'll recall some internship memories, working with frogs like the amphibian types, you know. Then he was off to med school at UT Memphis. We'll talk about that whole experience, some awards and recognition he received from his classmates as well. And ultimately, he decided on getting into orthopedics and he was off to residency. We'll talk through some of his expertise and surgeries and some common adult injuries we should all be aware of and take precautions around. He also got to be one of the on-staff doctors for one of the University of Alabama football teams, one of the seasons they won the national championship. That's freaking cool. As I've mentioned before, he's working back here in the area down in Columbia with the Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic. So if you do experience an injury of active and physical nature, I'd recommend looking up Zach and letting him get your body back into a healed state. All right, let's jump into some music. Got some Pino D'Angio here for you. Honestly, don't know much about Pino. Uh, just like this tune, this one's from 1981. Pino is an Italian disco all-star. And so the song is in Italian because after all, that's his native tongue. It's called Ma Quelle Idea. That's my, my best effort there, people. Great song, though. And on the back end, some Scary Goldings. Always a good time from their 2020 album called Feel. This one's called Equal Parts, Timing, and Romance. And as always, the ever-faithful Denny Moran, high school classmate of Zach, uh, here to deliver the official disclaimer about the unofficial Lipscomb Alumni podcast. Denny, go for it. I am not an elected representative of Lipscomb University. I am not an employee of Lipscomb University. I am no way sponsored or endorsed by Lipscomb University. This podcast has no affiliation with the school, the administration, the faculty, staff, students, ETC. My only affiliation is that I am an alum of the school. I do not receive any funding or compensation from Lipscomb University, its donors, or any entity. The podcast represents the views and opinions of Andrew Glass and my guests on the show. The content here is for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this show are my own and my guests and do not reflect or represent that of Lipscomb University in any way. Fabulous. And with that out of the way, we'll jump into a little bit of bumper music. First off, it's Pino D'Angio and the song that I can't pronounce in Italian as the bumper music and part two of my conversation with Mr. Dr. Zach Barr. Peccata in discoteca con lo sguardo da serpente Io mi sono avvicinato, lei già non capiva niente L'ho guardata, ma guardato 
e mi sono scatenato Fra era al mio confronto era statico e imbranato Le ho sparato un bacio in bocca, uno di quelli che schiocca Sulla pista diavolata, lì per lì l'ho strapazzata L'ho lanciata, riafferrata, senza fiato l'ho lasciata Tra le braccia mi è cascata, era cotta innamorata Per i fianchi l'ho bloccata e mi ha fatto marmellata Oh yeah, si dice così no? E poi, e poi, che idea? Quale idea? Vedi che lei non ci sta? Che idea? Quale idea? È maliziosa ma saprà tenere a bada un super bimbo bimbo come te E poi che avresti di speciale che in un altro no non c'è All right, we're back. So you're going into this, uh, I guess it's like the MCAT studying and applying for med school, all that. I know it's a super stressful time because it's like, well, if I don't hit the MCAT the first time, then you got to wait yeah. or something. I, I can remember friends of ours having to go through this, these trials. And then you're also, do you have to wait till you secure your MCAT to interview? Well, it's it's not necessarily securing your MCAT. It's just a matter of your application is kind of a collective of a bunch of different things, which would include your your MCAT score and just everything else on your resume. You know, yeah, volunteer SAA. experience. Yeah, volunteer experience, leadership. You know, some people do research. Um, all these things that are kind of what the you know the uh, committee would be looking for for accepting you as a pre med student, and so. If your MCAT score is is lower, then you may, you know, want to bulk up the other sides of it. And maybe you feel like collectively on your resume, even though your score may be lower, maybe you can still get in. So you apply or you just think I, it's too low. I'm going to retake it again. You know, there, there's a lot of ways to have your resume be what it needs to be. Did you do some of those like internship kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I did. I, I did a... Uh, it was called Vanderbilt Summer Science Academy at the time. And it was basically another way of doing some research. Yeah. Um, and uh, I ended up doing that and I was taking care of like frogs and doing, <laughs> oh man, it was, it was the worst. Like I, big you know, frogs? Like all sorts of big frogs and basically doing swabs on them and taking care of them. Like I was like their caretaker. And I remember being down in like the dungeons of Vanderbilt University, taking care of these frogs by myself, nobody else around, yeah. just listening to music and taking care of frogs. And like one one night, just dropping one of the tanks, frogs going loose. Really, tile floor being covered with water. <laughs> you know, just did oh, y'all man. get all the frogs? I, one of them did not make it back because I came back in like you know three days later, and one's like dead in the corner. You know, uh, no, no. So like you you swab their inside their mouth, swab their skin. Was oh, what that project skin. was oh, about. Okay. It was basically trying to, you know, I don't our listeners probably don't care about this but i mean it's, um, but it's it, it was a uh, you know basically trying to uh, figure out this bacteria that was eradicating a certain population of frogs oh, okay and so they're trying to figure out a way to you know get those frogs healthy again i was worried that you had to get them to cooperate and get the swab in their yeah, mouth right open but, up your mouth bro. yeah but essentially yeah. you're just i mean are they easy to deal with? I mean, the they, frogs. They, they were they were not hard to deal with. Okay, no. that's good. They were uh, tame. Yeah. So I I did you know I did that and some um you know various things. I ended up. Um, I got one more frog question. Yeah. Um. <laughs> do they do they uh breed those frogs like inside the lab? Yeah. Okay. So they're not like going out and collecting like a pond frog. No. That would probably be covered in right. disease. Anyway. Yeah. It was specific frogs okay. that they were looking at. 
Okay, yeah. that's fine. Sorry, that's my only other frog. No more frog questions? Yeah, Are you all, sure? That's all I got. <laughs> frog is an amphibian? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. yeah, but I mean, you, you know, you build up your resume in, in a lot of different ways. And um, I actually didn't get in to medical school my first year, you know, so I ended up, um, I worked at a family practice as a uh, try and get some experience and be able to talk about that um, when I went in for my second time, which okay. was <clears throat> definitely, you know, was I, I think in, in hindsight, certainly all part of God's plan, you know, cause, cause it allowed me to actually build a relationship with Kayla uh, for that next year of not getting in and, yeah. and realized that she was, she was who I was going to marry. Were you know? already out of school? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, normally the timeline is you do that MCAT and all that stuff and apply kind of a year before mm-hmm. you graduate and then you get in, graduate and start med school. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, trying to do that at the end of my fifth year and didn't get in. Okay. And then, um, and then got in that next year and, and me and Kayla got married right before we took off to Memphis. Wasn't that also kind of cool though, too, because, um, I mean, Sam, was going right right yeah so so that I'll, I'll leave somebody out but you know there's sam markram brian burris uh, andrew hall a bunch of guys that were basically the same yeah. same year as me applying at the same time um austin davidson and you know they got in that year and then i was the year behind them mm-hmm. um but if i had gotten in that year you know the big thing was that i Kayla and I had only been dating for a little period of time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, we probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have stayed together, which was, uh, thank the Lord that that didn't happen. It's all part of the plan. All part of the plan. That's yeah. Right. So um, did you get to go to any cool Phi Sigma events during that year as a freshly uh, graduated guy? You were the old guy. Yeah, I was, I was the old guy. The elder and, statesman. Uh, yeah, Phi Sigma events. I remember going actually to one of my partner's houses, Dr. Davidson's. Uh, Randy Davidson, Austin Davidson's father. We did a um, we did an event down there, and yeah. uh, Kayla and I. It was a Halloween deal, and Kayla and I went as you know Zach and Kelly Kowski. Oh, that's uh, actually as the, perfect as the Saved by the Bell deal. Yeah, um, and uh, we're down there in Columbia, where I am now. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, the Davidson sounds awesome. It's just like very welcoming. Yeah, I mean, it's got like you know, hidden rooms in it too yeah. with like basketball goals and yeah. ball pits and slides into it. I mean, it's like a, a kid's just like, you know, <sighs> yeah. just paradise, rec, a huge rec room paradise. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so did you think, yeah, I'm going to Memphis. Is that kind of where you thought or did you have other options? Yeah, no, I I thought for sure yeah, I'd be going to UT Memphis would be where I would go just because I mean I, I knew people a lot of people that were already there mm-hmm. and I knew it was a good um, you know a good place to to uh, to study and a state school is normally cheaper than you know one of the private ones like Vanderbilt in terms of your your loan debt and all these different things so I was certainly focused and hoping to go to UT. What's the first year of med school like? Do you kind of have to determine what practice you want to get into because i mean it's kind of like a wide or i guess some med schools are known for other things yeah it, it's goes? you don't have to certainly know what you're going to go into from a medicine standpoint that in that first year and you really get typically it's set up as your first two years or more in the classroom and then your third and fourth year you get out into the hospital and start seeing patients um, on different services so 
Um, so you certainly don't know when you don't have to know when you first got in. I had no idea, you know, I had no doctor background at all. Um, I just kind of went into it as a, as a, uh, wanting, wanting to be kind of a hands and feet of Jesus servant kind of deal, you know, from my mission trips that I've been on and, uh, love the idea of serving people through, uh, health and through medicine and getting them better. And then, um, as time went on, you know, there's more, more to it, but it got into orthopedics as, as I got further along. Yeah. So that's like more second, third, more, yeah, yeah, more, more third year. Yeah. Um, you know, is where you really start getting into, you know, seeing patients in the hospital on, you know, uh, internal medicine service or general surgery or you have to go through each of those. Mm-hmm. You go through okay. all these different specialties of, of doctors, family practice, you know, everything you'd be familiar with pediatrics. Um, and then all the different surgical subspecialties, you kind of experience them all for the most part uh-huh. uh, to, to where you get exposure and, and kind of hopefully realize what, what your calling is. Was there one that you were like, this is absolutely not me? Mm. You know, neurology was tough. Yeah. Um, that's there, the brain. That's the, the, the brain would be a simple way to put it. I mean, it's, you know, you see a lot of patients in neurology that you find out what the problem is, but unfortunately you don't have a great, like, fix mm-hmm. you know you, you, a stroke victim you know and you figure out what what part of the brain was affected by that stroke and why they have this deficit um but you you know in orthopedics there's something broken and you get to fix it that's what's so beautiful about it yeah. and that was the big allure for it uh, to it for me um you know you somebody comes in they know they've gotten hurt and they're wanting to get back to you know what they love and i get to be that intervention you know and form that relationship and get them get them better and get them back to you know, everything that they enjoy. Do you think like athletes in general like orthopedics because of that? Was it, do you feel like some of the, your passion for sports and athletics kind of lured you there too? I think I think there's there's definitely a, a common thread there with with the orthopedic surgery community. I mean, a lot of them have a background in sports, um, and certainly when you get into the subspecialty, when you get additional training in sports medicine, like like I've done. There's a lot of people that have done sports in the past. Yeah. Um, that first two years, you mentioned you're in the classroom primarily. Uh, is it, I mean, you always hear about this, oh, man, going to med school, I guess you'd just be studying all, you know, your life away. I mean, how, what did your day look like? I mean, you you and Kayla were married? We were married, yes. Okay. And you would, you would have thought Kayla was single, probably. I mean, <laughs> you, you could ask her about it for sure. But I mean, those first, you know, we don't have kids at that point. I've just, you know, scooped up Kayla, married her and, and taken her off to a foreign land, you know, basically. Yeah. And now we're in Memphis and I'm, my head's just in the books, you know, 24 yeah. seven, at least, at least for me, you know? And so we were living in a, in an apartment together. She was, um, originally she was doing a couple of odd jobs. You know, she's, she's the breadwinner here. She's, you know, I'm, I'm not making any money. She's, um, trying to keep us afloat, staying in an apartment together, newlyweds. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up becoming a, a teacher eventually. She got her master's uh, while we were there in, in Memphis um, oh, cool. at Christian Brothers, and then uh, started teaching English at Harding Academy okay. in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and taught there for probably three or four years um, before we had the kids. But so she was, she she was doing that, and I was basically just going to class and then coming home and studying. Yeah. Um, and then and then doing it on repeat. You know. So in a lot of ways, I mean, you guys wake up both go to work so exactly. to speak and then yeah. you know meet back at the house later and 
instead of watching Netflix, you're you're in the books. Yeah, we had a guest. We had a, a two bedroom, two bath apartment um, at this apartment complex, and our second bedroom was basically just my my desk where I would I would go. You know, we we have time together, trying to make time together at dinner. Yeah, you know, keep our keep our relationship whole, and then it's like, yep, yeah, I probably need to go study now and until waking up and doing it again. So I, there was a lot of nights certainly where I was I was studying um even late into the night it's kind of not like uh, my studying in college was um cram for the test yeah you know uh maybe and this is not uh you know endorsed um in any way but maybe find somebody with some Adderall and right. uh stay up all night and uh accidentally uh you know be on Facebook for half of the night and then oh crap I got to sure. study so you can't do that in med school, you you have to keep up with it every day. And I guess what I was going to get at is um, you you learned how to study the sciences at Lipscomb, and I'm sure that set you up. But yeah. how much more intense is it in med school? Yeah, I think it was um, certainly Lipscomb helped me prepare, you know, without a doubt on how to study. And, um, and then it just kind of goes to a next level in, in medical school. You just, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. I mean, you're just, you're taking in so much information. And so you've got to be able to quickly process it and retain it. Uh, and, and that's where those different study habits, you know, come in. And so, um, it's just, it's just so much information the, the information is, is, can be overwhelming. So you just gotta, you gotta take it all in and process it quickly. Is it different from a professor professor standpoint? Like, uh, you know, if you don't understand something, you know, Dr. Schultz, like probably going to hang out a little bit or maybe you ask him for some time. Can you do that in med school? Will they give you some special one-on-one -on -one time? It, it's not, it's certainly not at that level as, yeah. it, as it will be with Dr. Schultz because you're, you're just in a much larger student to teacher ratio. At yeah. that point in medical school, you know, you're in a, at a bigger, there's just a bigger volume of, of people uh, for that one teacher to attend to. So you could, you could always email them or, you know, after class, go down and talk, but, but it wouldn't be like, you know, the, the 15 people in Dr. Schultz class and one of them, you know, asking him to explain something in more detail and him being happy to do it. Yeah. You, you almost like don't stop the, the lesson. To, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. And that would. That's almost like that situation where it's like, does everybody understand? And you want to be yeah, like, okay, moving on. No, I don't. Right. <laughs> it's just like, don't raise your hand. Right. Just keep going. Exactly. What about uh, the transition to Memphis? Um, you've been here your whole life. Is Kayla Nashville her whole life? Yeah, she grew up in Brentwood uh, off of Old Hickory. So, um, okay. and she was pretty much there her whole life. Okay. Is she is she a BA kid? Ezel. Ezel Harding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so you guys have both lived here your whole life. You go move to a city away from your families. I mean, it's you guys, you got Sarah and Sam, I guess you got, you know, yeah, there, there's certainly some Lipscomb connections there without a doubt. Um, but it was, it was probably one of the greater things for our marriage, honestly. I mean, I, th I think it's, you know, you kind of, uh, you should kind of relish that opportunity if you're newlywed and getting to be on your own, you yeah. know, and not have that support because we had to, create all our own ways of getting things done. You know, we had to figure out, you know, how we each do things together without bouncing it off of anybody else. You know, we're, we're, we're on our own. And, um, I, th I think it was really, 
um, really great to just have that as newlyweds to just set our own foundations, you know, for our marriage. You know, it would have been great to have back then. Maybe we did as to know, but you know, you've been gone all day. You're going to come home and study. She's been gone teaching all day. You know, she comes home. You know, the, the whole Amazon, you know, just order everything groceries right. would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. just thinking about the little things you guys would have to maybe figure out, like, oh, yeah, that we, that we didn't have back that. then. Yeah. Yeah. No, there wasn't, there wasn't Netflix yet. I don't think there wasn't some of the, some of the things that we have now. I didn't realize that you guys were there for nine years. And yeah. we'll kind of talk more about that. But, um, did you did you get many chances to like get out and explore the city, go have a dinner night with Sam and Sarah, that kind of thing? Like, was that opportunity there often, or is it like far and few when you're under the gun all the time? Yeah, I think it was far and few, but it was it was it was enough. And Memphis was was great. I I, I love Memphis. I, I think I I think I love Memphis more for the people there than necessarily all the the good things that Memphis has to offer. Certainly from like a music and restaurant standpoint. Yeah. Um, but just a lot of good people there that you got to know um, was what I loved about it. Yeah, you have like a, a favorite, a favorite spot. You got a spot? Uh, oh yeah. So, um, well, we we loved Los Delicias, which is a Mexican restaurant. Okay, okay. is that delicious? Nah, that might not be right. But Los Delicias, um, because it was it was kind of on the border of one of the, you know, you know. Uh, I guess kind of hood areas is how I describe it. It's called Big Hampton. There's just a, a low, lower socioeconomic, um, you know, place uh, in one of the, the places in Memphis. And Los Delicias kind of borders it. So it's a cheap Mexican restaurant, but it's very authentic tasting. And we'd have what we'd call 911 dates where we'd go there, we'd buy our food, and it'd be $7.11. And I'd give a $2 tip, and it'd be 911. So anytime, anytime <laughs> yeah. we were, we were like, we, we just, we gotta, we gotta just have some time, you know, especially yeah. when the kids came along, it's like, you know, we, we gotta do Los Delicious 911 date. Let's go do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd get the same thing every time. It'd be $9 and 11 cents and be fantastic. That's uh, that's, it sounds like some good, it sounds like some Mazelon. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's the same cost, but it's, it's definitely a more authentic vibe okay. than Mazelon. Okay. Yeah. This is a, this is a step up from your, your, yeah. your from quick Brentwood. No, spot. absolutely. No, not, this is not a knock on Mazelon at all. I love Mazelon. Oh, it's, it's just gone a, downhill. It's just, it hasn't, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just a different, you know, but different style. For yeah. Sure. More authentic. More. Yeah. That, that's the best way I could describe it. Um, with her being over at Harding, um, did you, I don't know if you did this or not, so I'm genuinely asking. Did you like get plugged in with the sports team stuff later? So I actually ended up once I started uh, Campbell Clinic, I would I would cover them as a sports team okay. and be on you know be kind of their sideline doc um, yeah. as a as a team position. So I I covered them on the sideline. Was it fun to kind of be like, man, these are the these are the fields that Travis used to. That, I mean, take down. That's on. exactly where I was thinking when you were starting <laughs> to say that. I was like, I mean. When I walked onto that that grass, I mean, it just felt like Travis Littleton's hands came on my shoulders, you know? And I was just like, this is where the feet of greatness have walked. It's got to be cool, though, because she had, did she teach high school? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's cool because you guys probably got to kind of share relationships with these kids that she's teaching and then they're athletes that you're building into that's right and and all the different faculty there too and just getting to know all them she was kayla was 
uh, just great with with kids um, and just being able to impact them. Um, you know, who knows what what she'll do going forward once she's you know thinks about once the kids are in school. Um, but she she was it was such a, a great thing for her to be able to to impact the the, the youth. I thought she did a phenomenal job with it. I'm sure a CA could be an option. You know? Maybe so. Maybe it so. just dawned on me why you said Seth King because he's out there. Yeah, he's out Harding. there, and he was yeah. one of one of our good friends in a, yeah. in our uh, in our network. What does he do there? He is now the uh, athletic director. Wow, mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. Yeah, good for him. Um, okay, so let's talk about these awards. I know you don't like the you know brag on yourself, but and this actually may be after this may be. I think this is still med school. Tell me if I'm wrong. You got selected by your peers to uh, for the Gold Humanism Honor Society. What exactly is that? Yeah, so that, is that's, that an award? That's an yeah, that's a, a basically a selection of uh, a small group of individuals. Um, certainly, something I'm I'm probably most most proud of because it's it's an award that is for uh, peer selected, meaning all the medical students vote on a small percentage of the classmates that they would essentially want to be their caretakers you know it's okay. it's based on you know their bedside manner their knowledge base their expertise their skill all these things they say that's that's who i want taking care of my mom or you know me or my family member is, is essentially what the uh, in uh, the award is um and so that was certainly i was i was very proud to be selected uh, to be a part of that I bet that's really hard, especially in training, right? You're not really seeing your own patients yet. But uh, just like the repetition of like going to work every day, I know I can sometimes at work be like, you know, you're you're going through the motions, yeah. you know? And I bet that's difficult even in a medical, even though you're dealing with people who are sick, yeah. I bet it is hard every day to be like, I'm going to treat this person just as if it was my own family member. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you, if you don't have a passion for it, it's, it's, it, it can weigh you down. And I mean, I, th- I think you've got to love it, you know, in order to be a, in order to be a doctor and, and to be a good one. I mean, I just, you know, that's, that's what I love about sports medicine, right? I, I get the opportunity to be the intervention for somebody that's, you know, oftentimes never had to go to the doctor and has had some, some outside thing happened that has hurt them and and now they they can't you know play basketball like they'd like to they can't play football like they'd like to or or even can't play with their grandkids like they'd like to whatever it may be yeah. and i get to form that relationship and uh you know whether it's not surgery or is surgery i, I get to be that intervention though and form that bond and get them back healthy you know yeah. and i love that i mean that that's why that you know it it's fun for me uh, to get up every day and go to work, thankfully. Um, and, um, and I think if you're doing something that it becomes, you get jaded, then, you know, you, you just not, you're not going to survive. It's, it's too much of a road to get there, you know, to be a doctor. It's just a long haul. And if you don't love it, you just, you'll, you'll get, um, mentally, you know, not in a good spot. I would say just jump out of bed. You go, I got knee replacement today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> or five knee replacements. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you graduate, uh, so this is uh, three years in, right? Three years? Four years. 
med school. Med school is four. Yeah. Okay. Med school is four. So you did your first two years of studying. You your I guess do they call them like rotations and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Your clerkships. Um. Yeah. You just basically go through through the different specialties. Yeah. And uh, you know, you graduate with Alpha Omega Alpha honors. I I didn't know this is the the high highest honor. You're in the top of your class. What I read here is you're the beginning, the end, and the beginning again. <laughs> so I read here that you know you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't you know were if born, I've ever looked you into died, that. and then you were born right. again. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean that's basically the Christian story right there. <laughs> no, all you know, in your all degree, in that, all in that Alpha Mega Alpha, <laughs> and the the graduation takes place at, at UT Memphis, in the football stadium, in the gym where they do it. Our graduation was downtown in kind of a big, uh, you know, conference center. Okay. If I remember it right. Yeah. And then it's like, woohoo, we're done with that. And now we got five more years. Five more years. That's yeah. right. So yeah. uh, Campbell Clinic, you and I were kind of talking about this off uh, off the record earlier, but um, very prestigious, well-known uh, for orthopedics, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the... When, when you're in med school and you're trying to figure out, you have to go to residency, right? Or else you're not going to get a job. Sure. Um, and what, I guess, what's the purpose of residency ultimately? And then like, how do you get locked in to, you know, what's the match or yeah. the fit? Yeah. So, so medical school is just getting, just learning the language. I mean, medical jargon is like taking on Spanish as an English primary language i mean it, you know speaking medial lateral anterior posterior all these different things that are just kind of medical jargon that most lay people would you know you could have a conversation with a colleague and they they think you're speaking a, a different language yeah and so medical school is about learning that language and figuring out how you want to use that going forward as a doctor and so you, you get exposure to all these different specialties and then and then you decide i'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon um and and for me that was because you know, I loved uh, the mindset of a lot of the people that were that I, I was around. I loved seeing something that was broken and I, I could be that way to fix it. I loved using my hands. I had a big background with sports, with hand-eye coordination, um, and it just seemed like a perfect fit for me. And yeah. so now I've got to learn how to do that. You know, and that, that's what residency is, is all about, is getting training now. And you've learned the language, but now you've got to learn how do I do an ACL reconstruction? Yeah. You know, how do, how does that look when a patient comes into your office? Uh, you know, what is the exam? You know, how do, how do you do different examination uh, techniques? And what do you use diagnostic-wise? Imaging, x-ray, MRI, and, and you diagnose it, and now how do you fix it? And what do you do afterwards to take care of them? You know, so it, it becomes residencies all about graduated autonomy of, of learning how to diagnose something, learning how to fix it, and then slowly uh, being the one that does that, basically. And, uh, you, you want, cause you have to come back after you, you know, have had your surgery, but the goal is, I guess, let's, let's get this taken care of. Let's get you rehabbed. And then hopefully you don't have to come back and see us. You know, that's the, yeah, the goal is, is, is you, know, you know, depending on the case, certainly you're trying to get somebody back hundred percent. Yeah. You know, that's, a, it's typically the goal. And, um, it, the nice thing about it is 90% of things are, are not even surgical. I mean, 90% of what I see, we're able to get better without surgery. Okay, so surgery is certainly the rarity. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're doing surgery on somebody, um, that five years of residency is, is about being uh, getting good 
at, at doing that and getting them back to that 100%. Yeah. And as far as Campbell Clinic goes, did you have other residencies in the potential? Like, were you like, oh, well, we may be moving to Pittsburgh or Yeah, Montana. yeah, definitely. No, yeah. So you, you mentioned a term called the match. So that, that that's how that process works for residency. So you basically send out an application, uh, which is essentially your resume uh, to residency programs all over the nation. Um, and then they accept your application and uh, either deny you for an interview or accept you for an interview. And then you go interview on a bunch of different places all over the nation. And then you decide which ones you want to be at from one to whatever, whatever your list is. I think I maybe had you know, 12 or 15, something like that on my list. I can't Making remember. a list one to 15. And, and I say, yeah, this is yeah. my one through 15, uh -huh. say. Um, and then all those 15 places that you interview, they've got you and 100 other applicants that they're also listing in that order for however many spots they have available. So yeah. Campbell Clinic has eight spots. So each year they bring in eight new residents. Um, and so they'll they'll have you know, a list of a hundred applicants and the computer system will essentially go through all of those different ranking orders between applicant and program and connect you. Okay. So, so it's like online dating, online dating, basically, <laughs> but even, even more, you know, even better, you know, just put you your perfect match. And so. Cam Campbell's like, I mean, I was kind of reading just a little bit. I didn't go in too in depth, but I mean, like it would be considered like what top ten orthopedic yeah no absolutely. programs yeah, in they, the nation. They're they're one of the oldest, if not the oldest, um, orthopedic surgery program in the nation. Yeah. And they've got you know more of our academy presidents um, than any other place, and so they're certainly one of the highest regarded programs to train at. Um, just a quick antidote I wanted to share because you mentioned the jargon, you know, that you know have to know how to speak in med school. And I was thinking about that movie. Remember Catch Me If You Can? Yeah. Where he's like teaching himself how to talk like a doctor and he's just like watching all Do these medical. <laughs> Do you concur? <laughs> Thankfully, residency is what keeps us from, you know, people just learning how to talk like a doctor. Right. Right. <laughs> Come and, to and operate. Not, that's right. Do you do you ever ask people if they concur? <laughs> Every all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, as far as you know, what what you got used to seeing in in orthopedic uh, residency, like, you know, there's young people that have things. I think about somebody like Nate Miller, you know, who I think is his ACL. Like he just is playing pickup basketball. It's forty. And yeah. uh, he's going to take that first step because he thinks he's still 25 and right. then he's just on the ground. Doesn't know what happened, you know? Yeah. There's things like that that happen versus like my mom, you know, she just had a hip replacement, you know? Sure. Typically when you're 30, 40, you don't need a hip replacement, you know? Right. Um, think somebody like Jessica Shaw, you know, thought she needed a hip replacement. She ends up got cancer, you know? So that's extremely rare. Yeah. But like, what are the things you see happening for, you know, those of us in our thirties and in our forties that are just so common in terms of, I mean, you could blow out your ACL. Yeah, certainly. But. Yeah, no, it's, you know, me and you, we're the classic, what we call weekend warriors. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, we think we're still athletic and 
we maybe never were athletic and we're not athletic anymore certainly so well i think i think the difference there is um you were i wasn't <laughs> but i but maybe we both still act like but we something in our mind tells us we we are athletic and so we, right. we go out on the the weekend and and uh you know play that pickup basketball game and mm -hmm. um or do whatever activity that is uh, that we that we enjoy doing and it ends up you know either either involving an acute injury like you said uh, with nate miller uh, tearing um, an acl um which is can, which can certainly happen in the weekend warrior you know age group our, our kind of uh, age group or you can just start to get a little bit of chronic wear and tear um at this at this part of your life you know yeah what we call most of the time it's it's some uh sort of inflammation like a tendonitis um so like a rotator cuff tendonitis or biceps tendonitis what Basically, about the knee one the like knee, for a runner yeah for a runner you can start to get a little about. bit of uh, <laughs> meniscus tears are common um certainly meniscus tear or even just some early uh early arthritis setting in yeah. um cartilage wear so you know, our bodies are certain, you know, they're not uh, immune to having damage with, uh, you know, higher and higher levels of activity. So it's, it's kind of like a, 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 you know, wheels on a car. You know, if you if you're if you're driving a ton of miles on rough terrain with, you know, heavy bricks in the back of your pickup truck, those tires are going to wear down quicker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you're if you're running all the time and hitting on heavy concrete with your knees, you can start to get a little wear you know, which is you know, not, a, not a bad thing. We want to stay active, um, but you may start seeing a little bit of discomfort and, um, you know, potentially maybe damage you know, some things. Probably best to, to not keep running. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, not, if not, you're hurting, yeah, certainly I wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't keep running. Yeah. I would, I would be seen. You, you know, you mentioned inflammation and I know there's um, things out there now to try to help you. I'm sure limiting your alcohol intake or something like that will help. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, I've gone a couple times to do cryotherapy. Yeah. Um. You know, which kind of I, uh, you know, I guess kind of focuses on inflammation, and I've felt the difference. You know, um. What would you say about uh? You know, hey man, I'm going to cryotherapy or something like that. You know, three times a week. What yeah. would you say? Well, that's that's great, but that's not really gonna take the cartilage out of your knee yeah no, or for sure it's it's tough to really know the the science about that you know uh you know in terms of preserving long-term cartilage wear mm -hmm. um but you know if you know I, I certainly wouldn't knock on it i mean if you if you think it's providing you some pain relief with with the, there's a lot of different modalities like that um yeah. these days there's um cryotherapy there's there's different supplements there's uh different um even even you know, chiropractors and massage therapists and, and different avenues of trying to get, um, you know, some relief for different joint pains. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, a lot of, some of it has some science behind of it and some of it doesn't. Um, but, you know, certainly as long as it's not dangerous to you, um, um, and if, if you're getting some pain relief from it, that, that it's okay by me. Is there a science to, is there actual scientific proof I mean, you may not know, or you may know, but uh, ha wearing good shoes. Good shoes definitely can help, yes, um, because the, the issue with shoe wear is it can change kind of the kinetic chain of your lower extremity um, mm -hmm. to where you can get your, um, basically your hip, knee, ankle joints are all hopefully well aligned. A lot of us are positioned kind of more bow-legged or knock-kneed. We call that valgus or varus um, in the orthopedic mm -hmm. world, but 
you know, and depending on how your shoe wear is, is happening, they can put you into uh, worse positions, which will load one side of your joint more than the other. And so, yeah, keeping up with your shoes is, is certainly a good thing. Um, yeah, but you could still be a person who always has great. You change your shoes out every six months, every year, you could still get damaged. Just it's age. It's our no body. Doubt. No doubt. Some of it's and some of it's uh, genetic and some of it's um, environmental. You know, it yeah. could be um, oftentimes it can it can run in a family that they, they get, um, you know, certain types of injuries, wear patterns and things. And then sometimes it could be because of what you're putting in your body and different things like that. So, um, you know, smoking, uh, diabetics, uh, a lot of these things can cause inflammation and pain in our joints. Um, that's you know, there's a lot of different factors. It's very multifaceted. You think eating too much pizza could cause pizza solves everything, man. Pizza <laughs> solves everything. Just keep eating pizza. <laughs> I have to break it up with a, a funny one here and there, uh, which that's not even. It's so stupid. Uh, let me ask you though, on the older side of life, you know, with my mom, for example, it's like a free consultation. Go is right it, ahead. Is man. it free? Am I paying for this? <laughs> I thought you were going to pay me after this. <laughs> I'm paying you in pizza. Uh, so my mom, um, you know, she had a hip replacement. Turns out she might need a knee replacement too. Who knows? But, um, you know, she talked about it for a long time. And so some of us are coming into that place where our parents are probably having some issues with, sure. uh, you know, knee and, and hip and that, whatever that joints, you yeah. know, rotator cuff, like you said, it could be a shoulder thing, whatever. Um, what kind of. For, for people to just go ahead and bite the bullet and do this stuff, like yeah. what kind of quality of life, like if we're talking to our parents about it, like, yeah, yeah there's going to be rehab. Yeah. You're going to have trouble getting into your bed or whatever, but you know, the next 15 years of your life are going to be so much easier after you get through it. Like that, anything yeah. like that that you talk to people through. Every yeah, day? for sure. In terms of, in terms of joint replacement, you know, that's, it's typically something where if your quality of life is not where you want it to be, then it's, then it's time sort of deal. And most of the time the patient tells the doctor more than the doctor tells the patient, you know, there's guys playing on Sunday in the NFL that have terrible looking x-rays in terms of knee arthritis, say, mm -hmm. um, it looks like their bones are just, you know, bone on bone, bone worn out joints, um, that would clearly need a knee replacement. Uh, but they don't hurt that much, you know, and, and, um, and so that, that's kind of what you're weighing, you know, oftentimes you'll have x-rays that don't look all that bad, but they're just, you know, they've got somewhere and they're, and they can't stand it every day. Um, well, they, they may be ready, you know, yeah. for joint replacement. I think there's also a, a kind of a, uh, a perfect age where they've gotten old enough to where the joint will last their, their lifetime. Um, but they're not old enough to where they're unsafe for surgery. You know, they haven't gotten unhealthy enough to where, you know, so you don't want to, I don't think you want to put it off and live in pain for many years and then get to a point where it's, you're unhealthy and it's not as much of a benefit to you. You know, yeah. you want to be able to, to do it in that kind of sweet time frame to where it'll last your whole life, um, but also and give you good years. You know? I think about those like pain charts. And yeah. it's like how how bad in the you know the ten face is like the guy's just like about to <laughs> yeah. blow a gasket like you know I think some of our fathers yeah probably have lived with a lot of pain sure just kind of what you're talking about it's like yeah I'm, I'm sixty 
And uh, I've been through worse than this, you know, or whatever. And some of us have inherited those same spirits. But, you know, I I feel like you're kind of talking to that 60 year old guy right now being like, I know you think you're at a four. Right. But like in two years, you're going to be at 11. Yeah. You know, that's right. So, um, yeah, just just a few more things about residency here or just a couple more things, really. But um, you stayed in Memphis. You guys got to continue life there. And you already talked about how all that was great. Um, You're going into um, your last year, you know, there. I guess that's the fifth the fifth year. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, And uh, you get selected as chief resident. Uh, of your class what i've heard that term before and i know it's an honor it probably voted on again by your class or yeah yeah that's, yeah that's another um just kind of uh peer selected thing uh there's there's two of us is the way we did it at campbell clinic so it's basically um my residency voted on me and one other um to, to kind of be the the leaders of any kind of residency uh, type decisions you know so like class president is basically kinda. that would be the that would be probably the easiest way of yeah an analogous term would be kind of class president so outside of the fact that you got to be at work every day and operating on people and doing that there, there's like these kind of bureaucratic meetings that's right that that's exactly right yeah of. yeah there's bureaucratic meetings you know on, on things that need to change and the way things are are done you know from a training standpoint or uh you know, work hours and different things, but then there's also bringing in the next generation. So a part of that is also you're on the committee and has have a vote along with all your staff on interviewing the uh, next group of interns that are coming in. So, so me and that other uh, one other chief resident, we interviewed, you know, all those hundred people that we talked about earlier when you're on the front end of it that are trying to get into Campbell Clinic residency. We were kind of a part of that selection process. You get to go to dinner with them you do that yeah yeah normally there's a kind of a social type of event uh, mm-hmm. typically the night before the interview the next day so you kind of try and make an informal way of just you know they get to ask more details from the residents about the program and living in memphis or living wherever mm-hmm. and um what makes it stand out you know what kind of cases are you seeing um do you enjoy it um, all the ins and outs of it from an informal standpoint at, at a local restaurant is typically how it's done. And then the next day, they're being interviewed by all the staff um, for the most part. So n- note to anybody out here, uh, you know, finding yourself at one of these dinners, don't don't get trashed because the next day is the right. real interviews. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's never, and you know, that'll, <laughs> that'll that could... occasionally happen, you know, despite you thinking it doesn't happen, you know, you'll have, you'll have some people that'll that'll make some wrong moves and it's just a part of the selection process on yeah, that, on that, that informal night. That yeah. informs you to probably be like, well, if he's acting like this before he actually gets here, right. what's he going to be like? Can I, can, I, can I rely on him to show up to the workplace? And I said know, he, I meant to say he or she. He or she, I'm that's right. Conscious no here. doubt. Yeah. So uh, you wind down residency and then there's the fellowship, you know, and it's not of the ring. Um, it is fellowship that, uh, you know, it, are you required to do fellowship? It is mandatory. I wish it would have been fellowship of the ring, you know, yeah. um, that would have been pretty sweet. Or, you know, fellowship hour at church, yeah. you know, something like that. <laughs> you're not, um, you're not necessarily required at all to do fellowship. Um, but it's, it's basically an extra year of training 
uh, dedicated to a certain subspecialty of the orthopedic field. So you get exposed to sports medicine along with all the different subspecialties that we um, have in orthopedics, which would be like joint replacement, foot and ankle surgery, hand surgery, tumor, um, spine surgery, all these, all these different subspecialties. Um, but sports medicine is its own sub subspecialty. And so I wanted an additional year of training solely focused on doing that. Um, yeah. and so I, I but I don't think it, it's not just, I need an additional, it's also probably like, I'm like my employment, like uh, draft pick here just went way up. Right. I mean, you're, you're increasing your opportunity. That's right. Certainly you're increasing your expertise. Um, and your value to a group by, by doing a, uh, an additional year in fellowship training. Um, do you have the same matching thing as before? Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's pretty much exactly the same deal. Okay. You, know, you interview a bunch, bunch of smaller pool. Yeah. A little bit yeah. smaller pool. Yeah, that's right. Um, I meant to ask you this earlier. Uh, do you make money in residency? Do you make money in fellowship? You do. Yeah. You make, you make, um, they have standardized salaries um both for well not for fellowship okay you know not but for um but for residency uh the university of tennessee graduate medical education basically has kind of standardized salaries for pgy one two three four five it kind of goes a little up each yeah year. if you're curious about it i'm sure it's publicly available publicly available <laughs> go right ahead yeah. well i mean i've talked to travis about this i mean you are taking on debt beyond sure. belief and yeah. you're basically making like yeah. you know uh what somebody that you know not a knock on ups or something like that but like working the line at ups and sure. your first year of med school salaries are probably not yeah. that far off no 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 without a doubt it's certainly a um you know it's a it's a financial commitment you mm -hmm. know you're taking on a lot of debt and, and certainly not making as much money um during those years as you're as you're taking on the debt so well now back to fellowship i probably should have structured that question a little bit uh maybe upwards you know but hey we're, we're on the fly here so you get your fellowship uh at the andrews sports medicine clinic yes yeah, the their name's andrews sports medicine orthopedic center okay um and uh yeah so that fellowship's down in birmingham alabama um and i was i was fortunate to be kind of picked as as the alabama Fellow, so I got to cover the University of Alabama uh, athletics, their football team, and all their athletics during my year there, yeah. um, and be um, kind of trained in the subspecialty of sports medicine, doing a lot of uh, sports medicine type uh, procedures and taking care of athletes, being a team physician, being on the sidelines at every game in Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah. yeah, so certainly every home game in Tuscaloosa, I was there on the sidelines, you know, with with all the all the players, all the trainers and everybody. And then, and then we'd fly on a jet to all the away games for any away games and uh, be on the sidelines for those two. And I guess that includes playoff games. Yep. Yep. National championship, SEC championship, all that. Yeah. What was that? Uh, I mean, you, we mentioned earlier, you be, you get to be around in a future professional athlete like Corey Brewer. You feel the size, the strength, you know, all that. I mean, some of these Alabama players are just, gigantic oh yeah no they're they're they are a different gene pool for yeah. sure i mean it's it's crazy how how um those athletes are 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 in shape i mean i remember 
like one of the first days going to the athletic training room and just kind of getting toured through it all at, at Alabama's football facility. And there was this, I don't even remember who it was, but I mean, he was in the, in the cryo machine getting, getting cooled down with just boxers, gloves and socks on and just staring at you like six, seven pure muscle and, and just behind the glass, just kind of like, just like, just looking at you. I was like, Holy cow. These guys are huge. Yeah, like, I hope that guy doesn't get injured. Yeah, exactly. Was yeah. there uh was there moments where you had to like run onto the field? Yeah, kind yeah, of for sure. Yeah, um, there was a uh, quite a few of those actually. Um, you know, certainly Jalen Waddle, um, playing for the Miami Dolphins now. He had a ankle fracture dislocation. Um, during that, this is all public knowledge, but he, he had an ankle fracture dislocation. Um, and so we had to uh, get him off the field and get him splinted and get his ankle fixed. Um, you know, Devontae Smith, um, wide receiver, he had a, he had a, a finger injury, which was, um, you know, quite the publicized finger. He basically dislocated his finger in the national championship game, um, and it was uh, what we call an unreducible finger dislocation. So you couldn't reduce it because there was a uh, a piece of tissue called your volar plate that was interposed in the joint and doesn't allow you to be able to reduce it back uh, yeah. unless you open open it surgically and fix it. Most most finger reductions you can pop right back into place um, on the sideline and, and kind of get back in the game sort of deal. Um, but he was one of those. Um, that was that was a, a crazy deal because he's Devonte Smith is one of those like arrive first, leave last military training kind of guys i mean he'd take like 100 balls off the gun at the end of practice everybody had gone home um he was he was always you know real business um yeah. when he'd show up for games and uh you know he, he dislocated his finger and came running off he'd already he'd already broke the record i think for yardage and touchdowns maybe something like that in the first half before he'd had this injury for a championship game in the championship game yeah, yeah for a championship game and uh, and then he comes off the field. He 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 bobbled the ball basically on this reception. He was trying to catch it. He bobbled it, and then the linebacker came and hit his hand when he tried to re-catch it through the bobble. Yeah. And so now his fingers dislocated, and we're trying to reduce it in the medical tent. Um, me and me and uh, Dr. Kane, one of my mentors, and along with the athletic trainer and Norman Waldrop, are all in there in this tight tent national championship game. And we were doing every trick in the book to try and get this finger reduced. And we cannot get it, not get it reduced. And Devontae, you know, we're yanking on his finger. He won't let us numb it up. He's like, no, doc, no, doc, don't, don't numb it up. Don't numb it up. I got to be able to feel my fingers. I got to be able to catch, you know, just like super tough, super tough kid. And we're, so we're yanking on this finger. You know, he doesn't even have any numbing medicine. He's just, he's just taking it and he's, and he's yelling at himself like the whole time we're in there. I mean, he's like, this is, this is why you got to catch the ball clean, Devontae. You got to catch the ball clean. This, this would have never happened if you caught the ball clean. And he's just he's so mad at himself for bobbling it. Yeah. And uh, and and we ended up he, at one point, you know, we're all sweating inside this tent because we can't get it reduced. And he he gives my mentor, Doctor Kane, his his uh, his football glove. He's like, put my gloves on, Doc. Put my gloves on. Maybe get you some better traction on my finger. <laughs> and so we we tried everything, but it was. It was one of those that you, you can't get reduced in that kind of manner. You have to open it up surgically, unfortunately. Did he go back in the game? They, no, he didn't. Oh, okay. He didn't go back in the game, and they and they won by four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and that was that was against Ohio State a couple years ago. Yeah, they won by four touchdowns. And at the end of the game, another one of our uh, players that we'd done surgery on, Landon Dickerson, 
who was their um, he was their lineman, their center uh, for their team, their starting center. But he got hurt in the SEC championship game like two and a half weeks earlier. He tore his ACL, um, and uh, and that's all certainly documented too. But so we had fixed it right after that SEC championship game, and it, you know that's a sixty year six month to a you know year recovery. He wasn't he wasn't going to be playing anytime soon. He's just trying to heal up, you know. Yeah, and he showed up to the national championship game two and a half weeks later, acting like he wanted to play. I mean, this massive dude, and he—he's a real funny guy, like class clown kind of guy. And and he's—he's he's cutting back and forth in the locker room, was like, "No, Doc, you gotta let me play, man. You gotta let me play. I'm gonna play. I'm, that's why I came here. I'm gonna play in the national championship." And when he's just two and a half weeks out from his surgery, and we're just like, "You're not playing, Landon," and just yeah. to you know, just to appease him. Yeah, Dr. Kane told him if we get up, if we get up four touchdowns and we're in the victory formation, you can go in. You know, just, just you know, assuming we won't get up that much against Ohio State in the national championship. And sure enough, we get up that much in the national so championship. He's like, so he comes, in, he yeah. comes in, he comes in at the end of the game, like uh, you know, when we're starting to get into the victory formation, just comes up to us by Saban and just takes off into the huddle. You know, he's like, yep, he said, I can do it. I'm going in. So yeah. he, he went in and got in those, you know, <clears throat> last couple of plays of the national championship, which was which was huge for him. He was in his last season as a as a graduate transfer. And um, is he in the NFL? He's in the NFL playing right. for the Eagles now. Um, yeah. And he he after the victory formation, when we were celebrating, he grabbed Saban and picked him up and starts carrying him out on the field just <laughs> two and a half weeks out from surgery. Yeah. And he almost tripped and fell. I mean, he almost had – he stepped over without missing a beat. Two guys that had, you know, uh, banged chest and fallen in mm -hmm. front of him. They felt – he's got Saban in his arms, and he's stepping over other teammates. <laughs> like, holy cow. I feel like the uh, the old sport hero, like yeah. I think about Kareem or, you know, Isaiah Thomas. Like, I'm – you know, I don't know football, but I know basketball. Yeah. And these guys, like – have what could be a career-ending injury, sure. but they go on and play the game. I feel like that's less and less these days. I feel like it's more like, yeah, if you open this injury up even more, your career is done. Yep. You no, know? I, I think that people are more and more cognizant of of trying to you know preserve their body long term, certainly. But you yeah. still got the you know you got the Kobe Bryant's of the world that you know tear the Achilles and come out and make the free throws and. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those those were the kind of those those kind of warriors that were gonna you know get those buckets still. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, now that you just said Achilles, that's what Nate Miller tore. Just for the record. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. He he yep. blew out his Achilles. Anyway, side thing. So, uh, did you get to meet Saban? Yep. Yeah. 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 I was I was right around Saban. I ended up getting a getting a signed uh, picture from him, which was nice of him. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I certainly didn't spend much time with him at all, but it was kind of right there in the locker room with him. Yeah. Um, I, I teased that the, the reason why they, they won the, the national championship because I had my hand on his shoulder during the uh, Lord's Prayer. He, he gave the, <laughs> nice. uh, the you know, pregame speech like right in front of me for some reason. Was it inspiring? You know, you're all clammed. Oh, yeah, yeah. He always gives good, certainly yeah. good talks. Um, we're all crammed into the locker room, you know, and. And he, for whatever reason, he came and stood right in front of me. And then we get down on a knee to we always do the Lord's Prayer yeah. before we go out. And so we all put our hands on each other. So, I, you know, I put my hand on Saban there at the, 
That's the national championship game. That's amazing. It was that Lipscomb University spirit, you know? I, I think the, you know, the good old Church of Christ, you know, moved through you, you into go. him you that go. night. Uh, I bet our locker room's amazing. I bet it's... Oh, it's... Um, yeah, their their locker room is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. it's it's state-of-the-art for sure. It's awesome. So, were you a UT fan? Yeah, still am. Okay, yeah, but now I feel like you kind of ha- probably have to have some you certainly red some, in your blood. You certainly get some, yeah. You certainly uh, crimson, That's some crimson I mean. in your in your blood. I'm a little bit. I think it'll, you know, it may fade a little bit more of the years. But when you when it's right now, it's so recent, and you know some of the players. Yeah. And, you know, you want them to do well. You know, um, you certainly cheer for them. But yeah, UT fan uh, at heart. Do you get a ring? Did you get a ring? No, no ring. ring. No ring. That's a disappointment. Yeah, no ring. I got a. A lot of stuff, um, you know, and I got a I got a team orthopedic surgeon ball from the national championship. That's uh, that's real cool at my house. And, that's awesome. Um, and a lot of you know, a lot of different you know gloves and uh, hats and um, shirts and all sorts of stuff. See the difference in your heart versus mine is I would have just gotten all these different NFL players to sign stuff and then I would have taken to eBay immediately, <laughs> just auction. Yeah, how do you know I didn't do that? I I just know you yeah. too well. <laughs> Um, okay. Quick thoughts here, Birmingham. I know you only got to spend a year there. Thoughts on that as compared to Memphis compared to Nashville, remind you more in Nashville. Yeah. Birmingham, I think is Nashville with us. Well, with me growing up, you know, was, was, um, because it's, it's, it's a, it's not quite a big city like Nashville is now. Um, but it's still got a, you know, a, a lot of music and a lot of great food tons of great food beautiful place i mean just beautiful parks and um you know neighborhoods and uh layouts be certainly a great great place to raise a family uh, i i kind of picture it as as nashville you know 20 30 years ago yeah that's I, from what i hear it's quickly on its way yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is kind of you know i don't know if it'll get as big as nashville has but but certainly be growing you yeah know? Um, so now, you know, you did your year of fellowship. You, uh, you mentioned earlier that you're with, uh, Dr. Davidson and, uh, got, got employed there at, uh, Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint there in Columbia. Um, I, I was going to ask this, uh, is it attached to Mari? Mari? No, Murray? it's a, yeah, they, they, they pronounce it Murray down there. Murray. So watch out. Yeah. It's spelled Mari, but they, they call it Murray. All yeah, right. I picked up on Murray. The, I picked up on the lingo this past year. Yeah, Murray Regional is the hospital down there, mm-hmm. and so they we, we're not um, necessarily a, affiliated with them, but we're the orthopedic surgery group that that covers all of their, you know, on call injuries certainly. So, so okay. we we have a good relationship with them, um, and uh, but we're we're kind of our own private practice. You know, yeah. And you're all sports pretty much or do you mostly sports yes yeah. so i'm not okay. doing as much uh knee or hip replacement um but i, I do do shoulder replacement mm-hmm. um and then and then a lot of a lot of sports medicine so like uab hoover high school like you see these kids you see these athletes yeah. pretty regularly yeah that's a lot of my practices is, is kind of younger active individuals whether it be you know i'll, I'll but i'll see anybody from kids you know, to old age, but most of the time it's, it's, uh, not, you know, in stage knee arthritis. It's more, more acute injuries for the most part is, mm-hmm. is what I'm seeing. And then some weekend warrior, you know, kind of more chronic wear and tear type stuff. You ever see a Birmingham Baron? At Birmingham Baron, we covered them too while I was down there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at a lot of those. Right. Why did I bring up Birmingham? Why am I bringing up Birmingham stuff? I don't know. 
I don't know either. You're, you're in Colombia. This is your now. podcast. You I know. Can bring up whatever you want. To. You're in Colombia now. So Columbia Central. That's right. These high schools. Yeah, all the all the high schools of of kind of uh, Middle Tennessee, a little further south. Um, um, yeah. We're taking care of their athletes. Yeah. Okay. Um, thoughts on Columbia? I've loved it. You know, it's a it's a small town. It's um, but it's really growing. You know, Murray County actually has been the I think it's I don't know if it still is, but it was the number one growing county in Tennessee um, here this past year at one point. Um, so a lot of people are you know, there's only so much that Nashville can take on. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of going, you know, uh, on the spokes of the wheel and a lot of them are heading down south. Um, and so it's it's really, a, you know, it's got that old small town vibe with the, um, you know, the town town square with the courthouse and, you know, local retail around it. That's that's super super kind of cute small town and and then at the same time it's kind of growing um so um kayla and i've loved it a great great community of people um you know kids are starting at columbia academy which is a lot of great people at it for sure um and so we're, we're getting settled there and enjoying it nice you go in there you see like adam anderson's jersey retired <laughs> right? or something yeah. like that that's right adam anderson um one of the surgeries you uh talks about on your site um and Josh Smith and I talked about this, but Tommy John surgery, uh, typical with pitchers, people you, using their, yeah, like, no, I guess their wrists a lot. It, it's the, it's an elbow injury. So oh, it's, it's, elbow. It's, okay. it's, it's most common. And certainly the majority of patients are going to be throwers of some sort. And, you know, commonly it was, it was baseball throwers, but certainly softball throwers, javelin throwers, um, anybody um, quarterback quarterback can have it as well quarterback and you'll see it in other injuries but from kind of a different mechanism but you'll you'll see it in in football wrestling uh gymnastics um is big so what about bowlers bowlers maybe they're to come next okay. i don't know uh, more of a role yeah you know? yeah that's right there's some there's some elbow action there. there is some elbow action for yeah. sure I actually bowled the first time in a long time the other night with my kids at at 10 pin is our is our local alley in uh in columbia tin pen is it is it old school it's what do you mean like it's not one of these like new fancy it's not fancy certainly but it but it is kind of redone it's actually you know they have a have a laser tag in there and they've got you know great great lanes and arcade and and actually some bumper cars too oh wow yeah probably some some good fried food yeah some good fried food no doubt when we when we were in college we used to bowl at melrose all the time yeah and we had Back then, they just charged you for shoes if you had your Lipscomb ID. Mm-hmm. And I remember us as the golf team when we were in the off season, <laughs> we a lot of us just bought cheap Walmart shoes, like cheap Walmart bowling shoes, and we just go there and show them our ID, and they'd be like, oh, "Okay, let's you know three fifty for shoes," and we'd be like, "Oh, we got our shoes," and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, well, I guess go to lane seven then," um, and we were just bowling for free. Like months on end with our own shoes, it was it was phenomenal. I thought you were gonna say they gave you free food. No, no free food. No free food. I was gonna be really excited. I was gonna go make an ID. (laughs) Free bowling though for that's for like months on end. I think they I think they eventually figured it out. Let me talk to you about this. This will be our last uh, doctor question, but um, because I follow you, Far Sports Doc, yeah, on Instagram, yeah. Um, you're extremely active, you know, posting sometimes it's funny stuff, you know, dress up for Halloween or something, but a lot of times it's informational, um, could be about scoping a knee, 
why it's common, what, what it looks like, all that stuff. And, um, just kind of wondered, like, did, I don't know that you've ever been a super active social media person before now. So like, is this something that, uh, is getting more commonplace is like, somebody was like, Hey, you should really kind of brand and market more because that's expected now. Yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, I wasn't, I certainly wasn't um, like advised or told, you know, you should do this at all. Um, and I think it was just more of, of me just wanting to connect with people as much as I could and, you know, um, make sure that, you know, um, that I was available, that I could provide them knowledge, provide them treatment, you know, just first year in practice, just trying to build that relationship as a, as a new doctor in the field um, and, yeah. and trying to make sure, you know, as, as, as much people as possible kind of. Um, know that I'm there and, and get to know me somewhat a little bit through post as a person, you know, get to know me um, as what I can provide for different injuries um, and get to know kind of just what orthopedics is um, and then know that I'm I'm available as a doctor, you know, if, if they need any help. Um, so I've, I've just used it more of, uh, of trying to, you know, make sure that uh, as many people as possible know that I'm, um, you know, uh, a surgeon that's available to them. Yeah. Is it difficult for you uh, to think through, like, what am I going to post about this week? Or do you ever have moments where you're like, man, like, what, what could I, what could I share this week? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that it's just you're seeing so many different things, you know, day to day in life with the with the work life, and then, I mean, my my kids are providing constant uh, life. You know, I, yeah. I could have plenty of material with <laughs> that is entertainment uh, to anybody with my kids from that realm. But, you know, as, as far as work is, you know, you, I'm constantly seeing something that I think, hey, I, you know, a normal person would would potentially like to, to see what this is about um, yeah. and how this looks. Um, and so I, I feel like I, I just get my material as it comes in. Well, after the Bison's podcast unofficial tags you, you're going to get dude. Five million. I, I, you know, I, five million. I'm just followers. waiting for that. Yeah. Post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think, it is. I, don't, I don't think I can guarantee that. Many. Um, we've, we've talked about Kayla. We talked about the kids. Um, so I don't know anything else you want to throw in there about them, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think, we, I think you just got to have Kayla on next. Is what I, is what I, I don't, there. I don't, I don't know. She'll tolerate <laughs> she, me. She, she, she will not tolerate you. Though. That's right. I did get in, uh, enjoy spending time with her at, uh, Travis's, was that Travis? Travis's wedding? Yeah. yeah. It was good to be around her and Mark's wife, which I didn't really, Andrea. Yes. Uh, yeah. I can't remember her maiden. Yeah. Name. That was, that was Landon's one. That was Landon's. Oh, that was Landon's yeah. wedding. Yeah. 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 It was good. Good to be together. All right. I got a lightning round for you. Unless you got anything else there. No, I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. yeah, go for it. Do you concur? I concur. Okay. Um, and do you concur, uh, Batman? Prince, do you concur? Batman yeah. concurs. Everyone concurs. Green Lantern. Proceed forward. All right. Who's your NBA GOAT? NBA GOAT. Oh, man. It's kind of a loaded question. NBA GOAT. In my mind, um, it's, you know, I like to think of, like, putting your NBA greats together by what you've seen yourself. Because I mean, I think you can feel the same, you know. So I, I, I kind of put Michael Jordan, you know, as a one A, and probably LeBron as a one B in my mind at this point. You know, we'll see how LeBron finishes out. Yeah. Um, and the the biggest thing about the goat comparison that gets done between them, and maybe that's not even a comparison in your mind. I don't know. Um, but you know, to me, going say six and six in NBA championships 
mm-hmm. is always better in my mind than going six and oh. You know, yeah. nobody talks about the accomplishment of getting to six more championships. You know, say, say if LeBron was oh, six and six, I see. I see what you're saying. you know, that, that six and O oh isn't a, uh, that O oh is not an un, undefeated column. That means he didn't even get to the NBA championship for, I can't remember how many seasons that would have yeah. been for Michael nine. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how 15 seasons. I don't know. Yeah. And then but, the wizards, they didn't get there. Most well, certainly not the wizards, <laughs> certainly not the wizards, but getting, you know, having the, in my mind, six and six is better than six and up. Yeah. Um, it, it gets tricky when you're comparing four and six or, you know, just six and oh. Um, but I, I think Michael certainly has got them. You got, got other LeBron guys right kind of hovering around in your, in your top five kind yeah. of thing. Top five. I mean, you, I'll, I'll put in there again. It's kind of, for me, it's, it's, it's easier. Who to, you saw. Who yeah. you saw. You know, yeah. I'm not going to do Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain and <laughs> right. all these, you know, sure. Um, ones that were before our time, which they probably deserve it. I just don't have as much, you know, knowledge on them, you know, but for me, it'd probably be, you know, you put Kobe in there certainly. And, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of magic Johnson, um, at the end of his career. And then, and then probably Shaq too, yeah. because Shaq was just so dominant. I thought you were gonna say Rambus. Rambus was, I thought <laughs> yeah. you were going to say Rambus. Yeah. Yeah. Rambus or, or Horace Grant was my Horace Grant. Yeah. Maybe Will Re- Purdue. Rex Beck, Horace Grant. Will Purdue in his Vandy days. Uh, who's your LU goat? Your b- basketball goat for LU? Oh man, you know Eddie Ard certainly got to be up there. Poindexter maybe. Mm-hmm. Poindexter. Yeah. Poindexter was awesome. I remember being at a uh, freshman year at ETSU. You know at the at the championship. Mm-hmm. Such, we lost to Belmont in the mm-hmm. championship, right? Yep. And, oh man, that was. I mean, Poindexter was the man. Yeah. Definitely a great shooter. Um, now, I thought you were going to say Jason Guy. Yes. Okay. Josh Slater. Yeah, dude. He's got to be on the list. He needs to be on he's the on list. He's on the list. For I agree. Sure. Nobody, Vandy Boo's nobody better than than Slater. Um, what are you and Kayla watching on Netflix, like series wise? You guys have time to do that after the kids are in bed? We, we've, we've certainly been doing Stranger Things here since it came out. Oh, yeah. Um, the fourth Still season just came out. I, I didn't even know it was coming out. And then we were all of a sudden, we just had a random night where we happened to be able to just sit down for a sec and, and we turned it on. And it was like season four. Like, oh, I guess we should watch that now. So, so yeah, we've, we've finished that. And yeah. uh, I think it starts up again uh, in July or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I think this was like, oh, it's an extended. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. the full deal. So. Okay. So there's a couple more episodes. Not gonna ask you what you think about the Shamblin doc. I haven't watched it. You haven't watched I it. I know okay. I haven't watched it, and I I need to watch it. Certainly. Pretty, pretty great. Um, pretty great. Yeah, I definitely need to watch that. Um, you got a pre-surgery routine of any kind? Like turn on some hip hop, classical, uh, do a yoga pose. Uh, yoga pose certainly every time. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I I think you know. You pour a lot into pre-surgical planning. Certainly, yeah. you know, just making sure you know uh, the you know the one through a thousand steps uh, to get it uh, to be an A plus, and uh, and then you know I think I you know uh, prayer you know I, I you know I I do try and pray to myself while I'm washing my hands over the patient you know every case um, because if you're not if you don't have the Lord's help with you um, I don't I don't know why you're not uh, you know taking that into account. Um, so I, I, steady hands, steady hands. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, clean hands, clean hands would be washing. preferable. Yeah. yeah. We figured that out a while back. <laughs> yeah. It's been good for the, 
for the outcomes. That's right. Uh, Chuck Ross or Billy? Oh, Chuck Ross or Billy. Mm-hmm. Do you interact with one of them more than the other? I feel like I had kind of an even spread of both of them being from the high school and then into the college. Um, I heard Chuck Ross used to kind of get up in the locker room a bit. Yeah. With you guys. I'd probably have to go with Chuck Ross. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the bison belt. Yeah. Oh man. Ride the bison. Where is that? I need that belt. Yes. That's like the one iconic deal. That's the piece of, if you did at any point during your podcast following some sort of, you know, sale of goods, Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the a prize. Vocal. Yeah, that would be a prized good. I I really feel, I think I might get sued by Lipscomb, but I really would love to um, do a run of the Don Meyer shirts. I'm sure people would buy them. No doubt. Not a pocket all of them. Uh, one high school basketball teammate to ride or die with. Ride or die? Yeah, you know, the whole like, ride or die. Ooh. I, I, gotta, I probably got to go with my man, Wes Mays. I mean, you know, me and Wes have, have probably stayed the closest. We had a, we had an awesome crew, certainly Andrew James and uh, David Solomon and Jason Brock. But, you know, me and Wes, because he's a orthopedic surgeon as well, have kind of Hi. we've stayed in touch the most. Um, you know, he was, he was one of my groomsmen. So you got to ride or die with Wes Mays. I'm going to ride or die with Kendall. Kendall Mays. Yeah. There you go. Hey, we'll to, both die with a Mays. Have to beat Kendall now. Kendall's the man. Last, uh, last question here. What's your go-to pizza chain? And uh, can I get a one one last pizza for, from you, Andrew James Pizza? Uh, I would go with uh, right now. I'm I'm doing a lot of actually. Well, it, so it's got to be like a chain. I was I was going to say Red Seven uh, Red Seven Pizzas in Columbia. That's you, that's you, you uh, that's for, for your and Kayla's health benefits. Sounds like you. yeah, yeah. This is more. We're of talking a, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, Domino's, Papa John's, Pizza Pizza. I got you. Yeah. Um, Marco's Jets Pizza. There's a Ooh, lot out I there. I didn't think about Marco's. That's kind of a take it home, isn't it? Take it home, heat it up. Is that what that is? They do. They do normal stuff. Too. Okay. Yeah, they do delivery. <laughs> normal stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, some of that to me at this point, it used to be Papa John's. All yeah. growing up, Papa John's. Yeah. For sure. And then he occasionally did. got into a got into a, a time in life where we're doing the the Pizza Hut buffet. Oh uh, yeah, in you know, in the restaurant buffet pizza, Hut. chocolate pudding on there. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, nowadays I think we're mainly doing Domino's by proximity, mm. um, just because it's it's down the road. Yeah, well, you know, they they do so much for the community. That's, That's right. not an official endorsement, uh, official endorsement by any means. Uh, but is, yeah, is that your official, answer? What's your answer? I was just about to say the official pizza of, of Lipscomb University, uh, Domino's. No, just kidding. Um, Pizza perfect. Pizza perfect. R.I.P. <laughs> um, man, mine is probably if I was going with my, you know, what you and Kayla like kind of thing. Emmy squared up here okay. um, in Green Hills is probably my go-to. But um, the uh, the chain place, I'm probably still a PJ's fan. Oh yeah, uh, I'm a big okay. fan of the Papadilla. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar no. with this concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Quesadilla pizza. Uh, they just fold it over for you. Really? And, uh, you know, they got different flavors. You got Philly cheesesteak, uh, uh, hamburger, you know. It's um, a completely different spin on it. It's a really, uh, and they are officially sponsoring me. So yeah. I just thought I would talk about it for a little bit. So good for yeah. you. Do you have a favorite uh, uh, a frozen pizza from the store? It's tough to beat the old Totino's. Yeah. <laughs> 
the small little die. Latinos. You yeah. might die, but it's still that and ramen still noodles good. got us through college. I still think the pizza, a student center Pizza Hut pan pizza. Yes, and uh, with some breadsticks. You can't really yeah. go wrong. And and a hug from Mama Sheila. Oh, Mama Sheila. Dude, thanks for uh, coming to the house. Thanks Welcome, for being man. on. Z Far, Dr. Far is a legend. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you for doing all this. Appreciate you.